Talk Recorded live. We want to welcome everybody to tuning in to another episode of Soul Vibrations. I'm your co-host, Corey Jeffries, along with my other co-host, Dr. Nanana Kwaku. Uh, he's uh, a, a, a Ph.D. in, in uh, um, clinical psychology. His uh, uh, background is, uh, well, right now he works for Family Solutions, Inc., and the Anger Management uh, Center. Uh, tell everybody, let them know that you're out there, Dr. Kwaku. Uh, Hotel brothers and sisters, like uh, Brother Corey said, I'm uh, the executive director of Family Solutions, Inc., and we, uh, we specialize in all services that are related to uh, behavioral science. You know, so uh, anger management, domestic violence, marriage counseling, couples counseling, individual counseling, uh, anything that has to do with uh, a person not feeling well uh, psychologically, then we try to deal with those energies and help people to get to it from point A to point B so that they can understand the feelings and the mood swings that they're going through. So that they don't wind up wanting to see one of these uh, famous uh, psychiatrists who will be glad to write you a prescription for some of those medications that they're trying to sell to the black community. So um, I'm glad to be here and uh, welcome. Back to you, Corey. Okay, thank you, thank you, Dr. Kwaku. Um, I have an organization also called the Jeffrey's Peace Project. It's a 501c3, which is a nonprofit organization that helps men, women, uh, formerly incarcerated, uh, find jobs and housing, and it helps them with reentry back into the community after they paid their price and served their sentences out. You know, and, and we know there's a disproportionate amount of people locked up in the United States more than twice the amount of all the other countries combined. And, 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 and you heard me correctly. That means Africa, China, Russia, Asia, India, Australia. If you add up the total amount of people incarcerated in those countries, including Japan and China, and then double it, that's where we are. We're at almost 4 million people incarcerated. Our prisons are overcrowded. There's a prison industrial complex that is actually trading on Wall Street now, and they provide services. You know, we used to out-service stuff, uh, say, made in Korea and all this other stuff, and these politicians and and, and such now, and, and also in cahoots with um, uh, big business, you know, they, they, they formed a partnership now. And instead of outsourcing, they say, hey, we have jobs here in the United States. We believe in getting the people working. But unfortunately... A lot of the people working are behind bars, you know, cheap labor. Uh, you know, they're, like I said, there are companies you can look up. I won't go into the list of those companies, but a lot of them are, are, are uh, investing in the prison system. And uh, so uh, with that being said, uh, we wanna, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, quite a few things today. You know, there was a very disturbing video released by KTVU uh, uh, in regards to an event that happened at 1.30 a.m. in the morning this past November, so that's last year, 2015, where a young man was chased after after stealing, after being a suspect uh, in a stolen Mercedes-Benz, and uh, it, it started in Castro Valley, went through San Leandro, ended in San Francisco, where once they caught up to this man and, and subdued him, they turned off their cameras and such, and we'll, we'll get into all of that stuff, we could, because as it relates to police and community relations, we're going to talk about that and, and, and the effects of crime in relations to lack of jobs, housing, and education, and these are things that all go across the board, 
as far as the urban community. And, and, and the U.S. is the real trendsetter. So a lot of, you know, hip-hop and music and all the trends that we set here and social media, this all expands out to other countries. It's a global thing now. And so with that comes the swag of, uh, of certain urban things that are becoming influential in other countries. And, of course, that means even third world countries being third world, they're still an urban uh, flavor, if you, if you will, to a third world country, too, in, in some of the things that they pick up from us here in the Western world. And, and, and of course, ISIS is an organization that has been, uh, you know, they're, uh, on the books, they're a terrorist organization. And, and, you know, it's not right to kidnap kids. We know what happened in Nigeria and all that with them. But, but uh, you know, there, there's a disparity between the Western world and the Eastern civilization. And it's basically what it comes down to is a battle between Islam and Christianity. If you really look at it, you know, we can break down those demographics too. But we're going to start off by talking about what we do here. This is T2L, uh, T25CL, and that stands for Towards 25th Century Living. And we are a global music and film distributor uh, as a company. And, and under Galaxy Radio, we have um, a, a, a brand that reaches out to the community we have uh, various shows that you can listen to. You can visit us. Go to www.t25cl.com to learn more about us. We have a, a movie that we're editing called United We Stand that was made with seven different African nations. Uh, and, and what we're doing is we're trying to – what we're doing moving forward is we're um, getting the word out. Uh, our, our show here, Soul Vibrations, comes on every Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10.30 if you're on the East Coast, 9.30 Central Time. But the whole idea is to reconnect uh, the black diaspora and, and our brothers and sisters of color, yellow, brown, red, black. And, of course, those of you from the white community are definitely welcome to be a part of us. We are, we are, we are one family here. But there are, are so many social things that we like to address that affect people of color because, well, you know, the, and, and on the food chain, that, that's just the demographics of where we stand right now. And uh, so we're going to talk to uh, – we're going to let Dr. Kwaku talk a little bit about some of this stuff too because he's very knowledgeable in, in, in the areas uh, uh, of, of a lot of the politics that we're talking about. You know, he has an extensive history – that goes back to civil rights era and, and of course, fixing our medical condition in the community, you know, where our kids are, are, are uh, medicated and things are something that we're going to address. So I guess we can start it off, Dr. Kwaku, with talking about this particular incident, and I'll just give a little bit and I'll let you chime in on it. Um, there was a video that KTVU got a hold of that was apparently leaked through the police department, and, and, the, and the Alameda County Sheriff chased uh, this young man, Stanislav Petrov, and he was in a 2015 stolen Mercedes Benz. And apparently um, uh, he was going, well, they spotted the vehicle, and when they tried to detain him, he ran to police sheriff's vehicles, 
where in a lot of cases in the black community, that gets you shot and killed. We've we, we experienced that, uh, you know. As a active member of the Oscar Grant Committee, uh, myself, there are so many things here locally that, that, that are being addressed. Uh, there's a gentleman named Gerald Sanders that's really active in that committee. He keeps us posted on all the things that have to do with police and community relations. And to stay on point here, after this this guy ran these, uh, you know, uh, uh, police, these uh, sheriff's deputies' cars, uh, one officer was injured, didn't say exactly what his injuries were, mostly minor from what I understand. But uh, a chase ensued and went through San Leandro, if you know the Bay Area, uh, basically about maybe a 25 to 30-mile chase from Castro Valley through San Leandro, Alameda County, across the bridge, and it ended in the Mission District in San Francisco. And and, uh, uh, there he got out on foot in an alley. They chased him. They were able to catch up to him, detain him, subdue him while he was on the ground. This is when everything kicked in. You know, I'm, these officers were upset. You know, their, their car got rammed. An officer got hurt. That's understandable. Um, there was a 45 caliber weapon that was left in the car, which wasn't on his person. There was $450 in his pocket. There was 13.4 grams of meth, which is a little bit cheaper than cocaine. And so that comes out to about $600 worth of drugs that was also in the car. So this guy was unarmed. He was in a T-shirt, if you look at the video. And these police officers also, one deputy had his dash cam on. And out of the 11 other deputies and two sergeants, none of them had their body uh, cams on. So uh, this guy was beat, if you look at the video, and it was an actual surveillance camera in the alley that caught the footage. So they were under the impression that this wasn't going to be seen, and they decided to tune this guy up. You know, of course, once this video was, was leaked, we come to find out that uh, uh, there, uh, they, some officers wrote their reports after the video was leaked, and they tried to backdate them and do some things like that. Uh, there were some time gaps in some of the stuff. And the threat that they said that they were under, uh, they said this guy was trying to spit blood on them. I think they were probably coaxing that blood out of him with their nightsticks. And the fact that they, la- you know, he had lacerations about his head, his hands, uh, he broke bones in both of his hands. He was trying to cover up. You could hear him uh, moaning and, and, and wincing in pain. And the video, the surveillance video, disputes most of the details that these officers all tried to collude in on when they wrote their report. So. Again, we have a guy who did something that he wasn't supposed to do, and uh, once he was apprehended, uh, uh, instead of bringing him to the court to serve justice on him, justice in their minds were served in that alley in the Mission District. So, again, another story that, you know, what do you think, Dr. Kwaku? Well, you know, it's, a, it's, it's just, uh, it just really just uh, sets the tone for, what has always been going on and it's it's not so even so much you know sometimes we get caught up in the idea that everybody's a racist well everybody is not a racist but you know some of these people who operate in fact i was talking to a brother today and I, we were talking about the rodney king situation and i and, and he was you know coming to me and he was 
you know, trying to build up, saying the police for this, and there was just a few police. And I asked him, I said, what do you think about the officers who stood around and watched Rodney King get beat half to death? Should they have been charged too? He didn't yeah, have an answer for me. And yet still, people are quick to jump to the defense of the police officers, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, they're just as guilty as the guys who beat them because one of the, the other thing is they didn't go to the trial and testify against their fellow officers and, and tell what these guys had did that was out of order. So, you know, uh, when we talk about the police, uh, we have to talk about the brothers who are on the police force too, who also uh, turn a blind eye to things mm-hmm. that they know is not correct. And mm-hmm. so the, the, the real option for us as a people is that we have to become economically powerful enough where we can police our own communities, where we can we'll reach a level of independence where we can say, okay, mm-hmm. we are able to pay and have people police our own uh, communities. Because I don't mm-hmm. think it's ever going to stop the, the beatings or the abuse or the disrespect for women when they pull somebody over for uh, some minor traffic violation uh, like the African American woman who died herself. Yes, yes, that died down there in Texas. And and what I'm mm-hmm. saying is that it's this kind of uh, of disrespect for our people that really makes everybody get angry and want to take to the streets. But mm-hmm. take it to the streets is not the answer. The answer is we have to take control of our communities. The only way we can do that is we have to be economically viable and able to do so. The same way mm-hmm. that the Asian Americans do, the Chinese, and you know, all these different groups come in here, and before you know it, they got a business. You know, mm-hmm. they're up and running a business, but we can't go to a bank and get a loan for a business. And mm-hmm. if we do, the interest rate is so high that uh, it 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 makes it you know not economical for us to to follow that path. So the only mm-hmm. way we can overshoot this kind of thinking and this kind of blatant racism, and that's what it is. It's, it's, it's racism mm-hmm. at the highest level, but it's institutionalized racism. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I still believe what uh, Neelan Fuller said. He said, if you don't understand white supremacy and racism, everything mm-hmm. else you understand will only confuse you. And if mm-hmm. you notice that mm-hmm. when you're dealing with people and you're trying to have a uh, intelligent conversation about this, they're quick to defend the police or they're saying, well, these these people, they broke the law. Yeah, but the cop's job is not to uh, have a trial on the street corner by shooting people in the back or by beating people. Half you know, so Certainly. this goes way beyond anything that's supposed to be part of a real uh, justice system. The only way that we're ever able to to move past that is that we have to be we have to be shooting for independence, and that's what we're doing here at T25CL uh, dot com uh, and T25CL Entertainment is trying to establish businesses. We're trying to establish uh, other venues by which people can get their information over the radio, whether it be television or whether it's going to be in some of the movies that we're going to be doing uh, in the coming future. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
that's the way we have to change this thing around because once we start to setting the dialogue and setting the tone and also exposing our sisters and brothers to a mm-hmm. different conversation, then we we will start to we will start to rise up and take control of our lives. They are afraid of you. That is why you have yeah. that's the creation of Trumpism. That is not something that just started. Look at all of those racist people out there. Uh, in fact, somebody sent me a picture today, and I'm, I'm going to send it to you uh, later on, Corey. But it says, uh, uh, we want our country back like it used to be. And on one side, it has a colored uh, uh, water fountain, and it has a white water fountain on the other side. So, you know, <laughs> when, That's when, absolutely good. when they talk about the good old days, I'm wondering what days they talk. They're not including us in the good old days. All right? no, with dogs and hoses and stuff coming at us. Yeah, when they talk about we want our country back, they want it to be back like we were servants or we was at the railroad station shining shoes or they had the colored and the white uh, sections. That's what they're and it was, and, 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 and it was their country in the first place. That's what, that, that's what, that's what makes this thing oh, so, oh. so, so asinine, you know. Yeah, I got a brother then, yesterday. I got a brother yesterday. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this, and then you can chime in. Yeah. But this guy, okay. I was walking across the street. Well, actually, I was going to pick somebody up at the mall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is not a street. It's like that's a walkway for people to walk in and out of the mall there. And this mm-hmm. guy was pulling around in his car. And he pulled mm-hmm. around, and he stopped. To show you how arrogant this fool was. He stopped and said, well, you know I had the right of way. I said, well, if you really want the right of way, brother, why don't you go back to Europe? <laughs> he, took, he took off. <laughs> Good for you. Good for, yeah, go, go for back you. to Europe. You can have all the right away you want. <laughs> good, good for you. Good for you. I, I want to say something again about the police too. It's really interesting because, you know, my dad was one of the first African Americans uh, on the police force back in the fifties. He was a college graduate, and uh, he, he 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 quickly learned that he didn't like police officers himself. You know, they used to put the N word on his locker. He was. He was one of just a handful of police officers that were African-American. There was no black uh, police officers association then like there is now. But his brother that was 25 years older than him back in Pennsylvania was was, was, uh, one of the first black cops in the whole state of Pennsylvania. And they dropped him off in the community and didn't even give him a car. They said, you walk the beat, and when your shift's done, we'll send a van to pick you back up. So they called him the – he was a – very spiritual man. They called him the preaching police, and he and my dad did the same thing from East Coast to West Coast. When they, when they, when they, uh, 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 you know, detained African American kids, instead of rushing them down to the police department, they asked them who their parents were, and they took them home. And those white officers did not like them for doing that. And the difference with my father is, you know, he his fuse was short. You know, and after years of doing that, and then you throw in the fact that there were some, uh, there were some. I've got some callers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, chime them in too. But there, there were some, uh, uh, you know, officers that did not like the fact that uh, you know they were taking these people home, and, and and so then all it took was for. Uh, you know, some white guy fresh out the Marines who almost who had to join the service to stay out of trouble comes in and becomes his supervisor. And he's got a college degree. He decided that he'd had enough of that. So, so 
so uh, so he, he 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 took off, you know, and his brother wound up making it all the way to chief. So he changed the dynamic, you know, as far as unionizing and getting black officers a little bit more respect. But there's still racism in the police department. But there's a code. There's a code that they all go by. The major, a good majority of them. But, you know, there's some officers in Oakland that I know of that 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 avoid that stuff. You know, uh, to the best of my knowledge, they because they talk to me about these things. And and uh, but what we want to do right now is go to some of the callers that we have that are waiting. I have somebody here from uh, mid southeast Texas. Uh, who do we have on the line? Now? Yeah, this is Charles of the Bay Area. Hey, Charles. Hey, Charles, how you All doing? Right. You, yeah, I'm doing you good. The, you, doing got the, good. you got the Texas, Texas area code. Good, good to yeah. hear from you again. We're going to give everybody a chance to chime in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to come right back to you in a second, Charles, okay? So just hold on okay. for one second, okay? And, and, okay. And we also have somebody else here from California. Would you like to speak? Who, who else do we have on the line here? Uh, they may just be choosing to listen right now. Also, uh, we have somebody from uh, North Florida telephone uh, line. Would you like to? Would you like to say anything too? Hello. Okay. No okay. Maybe perhaps they want to just listen in. Well, um, Charles, we'll come back to you again. Then, Charles, would you like to chime in on what we're talking about in regards to this police community relations? Yeah, you know, uh, I worked late today, and I got home, and I saw where the uh, district attorney didn't agree with what the the reports were. You know, I I really haven't had a chance to really get involved in it, but I saw the video uh, the night that it happened, you know, that that they released it. And uh, they came out with all these different stories, you know, and just like, What's happened everywhere else with Gardner, with uh, 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 Sandra Bland? They they blame mm-hmm. somebody else for what was going on. You know, oh well, mm-hmm. we didn't do this. The video shows it, but <laughs> they they dispute it. You know, I was yeah, also looking yeah. on online today where this officer was charged with murder, got convicted, and the DA recommended. No time. You know, Where was this? Where I, was you know, this? I got to. I'll, I'll pull that up before I get off the phone tonight, and I and let you. Let you yeah, I, I heard. Was, I, I, I heard something really you know, ridiculous like that some time ago, and I'm not sure if it's the same know. thing. I never really got a chance to follow up on it either. But going back to you, what you were saying about this this recent thing here, you said you didn't yeah. have a chance to really check it out. But what we found out was that there, you know. Some of the officers wrote reports. They tailored them after the video was released. So that video wasn't supposed to get leaked, and it got leaked on accident because somebody under that uh, disclosure act or something requested some part of the report, and I guess they put it out there. And 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 they were, they found that there were uh, time gaps. The officers said that they threat threatened. One guy put his foot on the guy's shoulder to to hold his body down. He said a dude was spitting blood at him. I, I really don't think if you're getting cracked upside your head, your hands are getting broken, that you're going to turn around and figure that spitting blood at people would back them up. You know, I think the blood was just coming out as a result of him taking those blows. But the surveillance video, which didn't come from the from the uh, uh, the officers 
body body uh, cams or, or even the uh, the cam in the car. This video was overhead. It was it was a camera that was in this alley that was mounted on the side of a building that actually captured this. And once that got out, the damage control was on full full throttle. And uh, uh, <clears throat> um, you know that's that's where we are with us concerned. And 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 it's and it's you know there's a story coming out once a week. You know where something something you know you know. You hear about, uh, you know, the, the, the things people do out of desperation, you know. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, when people rob banks and do all those things, I really don't think they're doing it for the sport of it. I think in their own mind that they're not willing to knuckle under to the system. And, 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 and I'm not, of course, advocating anything that extreme, but they're, out of desperation, they're like, well, man, you know, we got to get a we got to hit a big lick, you know, and and they actually think they're going to get away with it. They don't go in there with the idea of hurting people. When you commit crimes like that, and you have weapons. There's always the possibility of somebody getting hurt or even killed, and and that's on both sides, you know, employees, police officers, perpetrators. But at the end of the day, you know, we hear about those stories. But the police are supposed to protect, and and they're even supposed to protect us from ourselves. You know, when when when, when I'm assuming you you know the Golden Gate Bridge is one of the launching points for people that have a lot of desperate issues. You know, people come from all around the world just to jump off that bridge, as, as, as morbid as that sounds. And there was a movie that was out where there was a cam that was mounted on the bridge during the course of the year, and it captured people jumping and 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 then they were able to go back to these people's families and 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 and, and document footage whatever footage they had of these people and get put a put a story behind what led to these people's uh, uh desperate measures and stuff but police officers when they come out to the bridge whether you're black white or whatever it seems like these are highway patrol because on these are highways but I, I i've never heard the story of a police officer coming and saying, well, just go ahead and jump. Your life's over anyway. Or, 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 or they assist them or anything like that. They actually try to help people under those circumstances. And those people are dangerous, uh, not just to themselves but to others when they're desperate like that. But, but still, you see some great police work then when people are in those types of situations. But now we move back to off the highway and in the community on the roads and where things happen. People need to be, uh, you know, uh, apprehended when they're committing crimes, but at the same time, it needs to be done with, 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 with in the in the safest way possible. And that video, there was nothing other than the fact that these guys wanted to beat this dude up for ramming their car. They didn't get a chance to maybe pull their weapons out and exact justice on them there, and they had to chase him. But when they caught up to him they got a chance to really tune this guy up and that's what they took advantage of you know and it's and it's and it's very unfortunate um charles i want to i want to try and chime in on these other two callers real quick so stay with stay with us and i'll be right back to you okay okay uh let's see We've got somebody with a california uh call in the, in the north florida 
uh, phone number or either of you still there or if you're just listening, that's fine. But if you have anything you want to say, does anybody want to say anything? California, North Florida. Okay. Well, well you guys, if they, you guys, Corey, if they don't have anything, yeah. I have a question, uh, and I would like sure. all of us to to respond to it. Uh, sure. It, it, and this includes from, you, Charles, too. Okay. It's it's from one of our listeners, mm-hmm. and the question and the question they asked was, did we miss our opportunity to govern ourselves when we did not get to be a sovereign nation? That's so, a good question. Yeah, it's, that is a very good question. The whole thing of it is, is that we were a sovereign nation before the invasions took place, before the mm-hmm. invasions into Kemet, before the, the the so-called Christian Crusades. We were a sovereign nation. People need to learn to look at our history in the same dichotomy that they look at the Native American history. People can understand that white people came in here, took the Native Americans' land, and you know, uh, took all of the the, the wealth uh, that they that was all of the stuff that they could to steal, and so they, they the Native Americans became like a, a, a defeated tribe. And I think what has happened to us is that we lost some battles, but the major mm-hmm. battle, the major battle that we lost was when we stopped seeking to be. And that's what slavery done. Because the question, Over. They, yeah. this, per, this person wanted to know that slave, that uh, you know, uh, like did integration hurt us? It wasn't integration; it was slavery. Because you were brought here, you were you you couldn't even follow your own traditions. You couldn't even uh, follow your own cultural norms, and mm-hmm. so you wasn't mm-hmm. even allowed to do certain things. So mm-hmm. the only thing you were allowed to do was to act and respond the way that they mm-hmm. wanted to respond. And that's where the, the psychological damage took place because mm-hmm. after 400 years of that, and by this time people were totally engulfed into American culture, and just mm-hmm. because they say Lincoln freed the slaves, they thought, well, you know, you know, we got a great opportunity here to be a part of this great nation. And that's the big mm-hmm. lie that people bought mm-hmm. into. Is being a public mm-hmm. because you have never been a part of this great nation. What mm-hmm. what you've done mm-hmm. is uh, you've uh, worked and you, you you help build this nation. And let's not even sure. forget that before we even get to where they brought us here, you know, mm-hmm. our people were here, uh, you know, two or three hundred years before Columbus discovered America. You understand? So people don't understand that aspect of what's going on. So what we have been guilty of is is not fighting back and just succumbing to the dominant culture and their Mm -hmm. rules and regulations. And and we've we've lived under it so long until the young people, uh, most of them don't even know anything about the history. Only thing yeah. they know about is well, all they teach about in the schools is the American Negro and the slave trade, but they don't yeah. know anything about the greatness that they came from. Yeah, the old knowledge has died off, and new stuff yeah. comes in uninformed, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I hope that that answers the person's question because, you know, it, once people start to understand from, wh- from whence they came, Mm-hmm. Then there's, there's there's a sense of pride that takes over that says, okay, 
I am somebody. I am special. I am an individual, and, I, you know, I am free. You know, I am mm-hmm. independent. I don't need mm-hmm. anybody to get a, give me a job. I can create mm-hmm. a job for myself. So these mm-hmm. are the things that will take place when we get rid of this slave mentality that we have existed under for not 400 years, but for 2,000 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. You know, this mm-hmm. is 2,000 you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so once we wake up from that nightmare and start to, you know, seeking new information, and by the way, since we can take a little time here and I'll just announce it, T25CL Entertainment, we are an organization who is trying to be uh, an instrument to help people to be able to achieve that information, to have access to that information so that we can start to turn our lives around so we can become (coughs) entrepreneurs, so we can become really independent of the system, and we can stop sitting around waiting on their politics their economics, they telling us when the job uh, situation is going to get better. It's never going to get better for us. It's never been better for us. You know, mm-hmm. we always mm-hmm. work to survive. We need to work to live. We, you've read the book about eat to live. We need to yeah. work to work. Working to live does not mean living from paycheck to paycheck. And so, uh, would you guys like to chime in on that? You know, add your flavor to it also. Anything from you, Charles? Okay. Uh, well, go ahead, Charles. You know, I just want I want to say that you know that's one of the biggest things that I've been stressing is that we need to know our history. If we don't know our history, you know, we're really still lost. And and as long as that we go by what we've been taught, we're going to stay lost. We need to forget yeah. everything that we were taught in school and start finding out for ourselves, which most yeah. of us are too lazy to do the research. Yeah. And, and when, yeah. I, when I say that, it's because we've been conditioned to where what we read in a book is fact. Yeah. And it's not yeah. always fact. You've got to research into what that book, where that book came from, who wrote it, and what was the purpose of it. I, what my my favorite saying is, my favorite saying is, the man who wrote it is telling his story, so it's mm-hmm. his history, not mine. Mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. understand that I have to go back and find out about what happened in my country. Why? we can't expect we can't expect the European to tell us about our blackness any more than they would right. expect us black people to tell them about their whiteness. And that's exactly. the whole thing, Doctor. That's the whole thing, Doctor Quaker was hitting on. You guys are right on point with the same, you know, the same thing there. Our public schools, you know, uh, there's there are people that get paid out of out of education should be free, and the, and, and the teachers should be getting paid for the, you know, our doctors, lawyers, everybody that we have that are in these positions are in these positions because of uh, because of teachers, you know, teachers don't get their just reward. But, um, again, in our community, we need our own teachers, you know, so we can get the real facts. We can get everything exactly the way you guys are orotating are, 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 are this. Again, we need to start setting up our own stuff. And, see, if we have to do it one brick at a time to get there. I know out in East Oakland, uh, Pastor Ernestine Reeves has a, as a school, there was a, a, one of the uh, 
Nation of Islam had a huge school that was thriving in East Oakland, and uh, that building is empty now. I don't know. You know, there was a, a slight bit of a fall in that empire behind some political things that happened out here that's a, a whole different book. It, it'll probably be a movie at, at some point in time down the road if somebody has the, the guts to, to uh, put it out there. But, again, uh, another thing Dr. Quaker talked about and it's the thing that kind of drew us, that really drew us together. We, you know, we met at another station, and uh, we had separate sh- shows. We had a chance to meet each other and have dialogue over the last few years. He had me as a guest on his show. I had him as a guest on my show, and the reasoning was because, you know, we we were thinking alike, you know. And he 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 he, he has a lot more knowledge. He brings a lot more history. Uh, but I'm a student. And he's the perfect person. He was the perfect person for me to learn from. You know, he shared a lot of things. I, I, he has some, some great books that are out there. And, and, and perhaps before the show's over, he can, he, he can tell you a little bit about those books. And I think this would be a time because there's a huge education in those books that, that, he, that he's written. They're, they're, they're great books. And what we do at T25, if you can, if you can picture this, you people listening, you can picture this, if you can really grasp this, uh, Tours 25th is, is, is an organization that was started basically by, by, by three people, and a, young lady, a young lady named Robin who has uh, the hired brush. She's down in uh, L.A., uh, Ricardo um, uh, Burgess, who's a, a whiz with information technology, He's worked in some classified places. We won't get into that, but he brings a wealth of, of technical uh, support as far as just that. His architectural and his mechanical engineering background is, 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 is that a guy could attain three different fields like that is an amazing thing. Doc, uh, um, Andre Ward uh, is a visionary, and uh, he was in, in the professional boxing realm, you know, as a, as, as a probably worked in most of the aspects of promoter, trainer, and, and so on and so forth. And he was an athlete also. But he made a journey to Africa, uh, Nigeria. One of the fighters that he had was a world champion, and he was a cruiserweight champion. His name, his name is Bash Ali, and he's from uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Now, he said his life changed after he went to Nigeria. What he brought back was an opportunity through uh, global music, and film, and these three minds came together, and they formed T two five towards twenty fifth century living entertainment, which again is a distribution company for global music and film. And there are some films that are in the works. You guys have to go to our website and visit us to find out about that. www.t25cl.com. But Dr. Kwaku, uh and I migrated from. Uh, uh, the other station, you know, there are stepping stones that you take when you're making your journey, and this seemed to be the perfect fit. He, he, he told me about this place. I came, I met the people, and here we are. Well, we're co-hosting this wonderful show, but we're bringing our organizations with, you know, Family Solutions, Inc., and Anger, Anger Management Center, uh, the Jeffrey's Peace Project. I also have a, a for-profit, uh, Kugama Publishing and One Media Network, and uh, Kugamal is actually an um, uh, an Indian name. You know, we 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 we're from Africa, but but depending on how we were colonized, we get just a little pinch of something else. And one of the 
one of the Indian tribes that was in my bloodline. Uh, this, this this term means red panther instead of black panther. And I, I adopted that because my dad and one of his brothers used to greet each other with some with some uh, uh, with some African terminology, but they always started it off with the acknowledgement of, of that side of their of bloodline too. And they co- used to call each other Kugelmaw. So I got that term and and, and and you know ran with it so to speak. But but the but the the idea behind these organizations are to relink ourselves to the urban community by becoming each one of us are a finger. And and we're starting to make a fist here. We have a a West African sister that we met through all of our different types of social network and media as we reach out to the community. We're putting some things together that are going to create jobs and it's going to mentor children. Uh, Greg Scott's JAR, Juveniles at Risk, based in Sacramento, has been going for 18 years up there. He's in the midst of bringing his movement down here. First of all, people, to free yourselves from corporate America, you have to find something in your community that will provide a service. And being a nonprofit means you have to go into it the way we've been doing it, with a humble spirit, because it's not for profit. So you have to come into it, not say, I'm going to start a nonprofit so I can get paid. That's, That's not for you if you're coming through with that mentality. You you can make you can make more money and sustain yourself more than you could ever believe through a nonprofit if you pay it forward the right way. If you link up with other organizations, if you help restructure your community, there are grants, both federal, state, city, local, and um, uh, uh, on on the government level, and also in privatized industries through philanthropic money that's out there. For you. you just have to do your research and find out, but you have to find what your passion is, what that service is that you can provide to, to enhance others' lives, and you will be rewarded for it. Believe me, um, all of us have other jobs around what we're doing, trying to bring all this stuff together. But what what we're looking at, what we're looking at, is some is some possibilities with some large sponsors. I won't talk about them right now. But we have an African cuisine uh, cooking show that's going to go on public access television. We have uh, a home improvement show that we're working on. There's United We Stand that T25 already had uh, in the can. They're just going through the editing stages. There's the Sins of 72, which is another uh, thing that all the urban communities will be able to relate to. And that, that, you know, the the, uh, medicine that it, that started this whole thing started right here in the Bay Area. There's a history involved with that. But, um, again, visit our website and see all the things we're doing. You're welcome to contact us at any time. If you have uh, – if you're musically inclined, if you work in construction, if you've been through the prison system, if you have family issues, anything that you can think of in the urban community, there's a service that can be provided. And if you don't if you can't get that bank loan or anything, there are ways of of, of uh, innovative ways of facilitating bringing your dream to to fruition. And while you're out there searching, give us a call too and have some dialogue with us. Visit some of the shows, become a you know, become a guest. 
you can listen in, you can you, you can participate, but you can certainly gain access to, 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 to any of us by visiting our website, and you can help better the community. It's going to take a movement like this to get down into that soil. These are seeds that are going into rich soil, and the rich soil is our black community. We still have a rich black community. We just have to restructure ourselves mentally in terms of how we spend our money, spend our money within the community. Isn't that right, Dr. Kwaku? You're absolutely right. We, uh, you know, because one of the reasons we, we need to understand the reasons why these people seem to be in such great uh, condition now is because of what? Free labor. They have mm-hmm. worked us for 500 years now for free labor. And I was looking at a, at a thing today where do you know that those uh those seven, each one of them make a hundred and seventy two thousand dollars base salary a year. They only work about six or seven months out the year. But mm-hmm. each one of them, all mm-hmm. all of those Republicans voted against ten dollars and forty cents an hour for the regular John Doe out here working. This shows you the mentality. We haven't moved from slavery. We moved from one level of slavery to another level of slavery. We were doing sharecropping in the cotton fields, tobacco fields. Our families were. They were never able to get out from under because they only made enough to eat, and they never made enough to escape. And that's what brought about, that's what brought about the Freedom Riders back in the 60s when buses with rich people would pay for buses to go and bring people to the north and the west uh, so that they would have a better opportunity. But here's what the deal. If you read the book, The International Jew, how they talk about how they're going to give you the illusion of thinking that you are doing well, but meantime, they're going to raise your salary, but they also are going to control every item that you have to use for survival. So mm-hmm. people are now, mm-hmm. most people, about, I think this guy was saying about 48% of the population was about two or three paychecks. What makes that different than somebody who's sharecropping? What makes that mm-hmm. different? Mm-hmm. It's no different. Mm-hmm. And see, we mm-hmm. have to wake up to that. We have to wait at and stop participating in something that's going nowhere. I'm sure mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. our parents have told us, don't go out with this person, don't hang out with this person because they're no good, they're not going nowhere. Well, we've been involved with with a, a system and a group of people that, where their main objective is to make sure that we don't go anywhere, that we don't move beyond our present station. And so the mm-hmm. only way we can fight that is that Instead of spending that little money that we make with them, mm-hmm. we have to start to incorporate in our communities and start spending that money with each other and keeping that mm-hmm. money circulating and, and, and at some point, you know, and, and, and being able to, you know, control those communities. Because right now, I will guarantee you that most people are paying way more in rent than they can afford. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah, you know, yeah, you so there's no chance for you to be to make any progress about. And now you got your your children. If they get a chance to go to college, they wind up if they get out of college after four years, on about eighty or hundred thousand dollars 
and student loan, and then they get a job making 10 or $12 an hour, and they can't pay the student loan, so the interest keeps growing until it grows to something insurmountable. Mm-hmm. These are mm-hmm. all traps of a European capitalist system, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a European mm-hmm. capitalist system, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know- and, and and this is this contributes to the unstate the instabilization of the entire world in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. think those people are coming over here to kill us, or coming to Brussels, or coming to Europe or Paris to kill people because they're angry because we have a different religion? It's because we, and I say we because we are people here in the United States who support this regime, and so they see us all as enemies. Because these, this regime is going to these other countries and, and making them unstable and then come back and complain about talk or they had dictators, they had this, you know, Saddam Hussein and all these different people. Well, mm-hmm. there was no mm-hmm. ISIS nowhere around until they went over and bombed up everything they could over in Iraq. You know, mm-hmm. these people are mm-hmm. fighting to maintain their way of life. It's just like President Obama was in, in, in uh, Cuba. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and and these people have their own system. Now, you may not like it. I may not like to live under it. But they are entitled to have their own system in place. So what did the U.S. do for Cuba? They put a blockade around them for the last 50 years because mm-hmm. they refused to accept, you know, this capitalist system. And now what they're doing is that they're going to end around now. Mm-hmm. What they're doing now, mm-hmm. they figure if they start letting businesses come in and operate, that that would change the people. So the people will want to rise up against their leaders, and that way, uh, Cuba will be just another part of the United States, just like Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then they can then they can put another pond in there yeah. to run their government. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And this is you what know. it's all about. And see, un- until we can can grasp that thinking, we are dealing with a diabolic. Uh, 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 ideology from from mm-hmm. capitalist swine, mm-hmm. and I call them mm-hmm. capitalist swine because they are ungodly. They, they you can't believe in a god and then stand and do the things you do to unstabilize communities mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. around the world, mm-hmm. not just here in America. We are unstabilized, and 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 things are getting worse every day, and they're going to continue to get that way until we wake up. And that's what T25CL is all about. We want to be one of the educational components that will have people have access to get their information. And if yeah, if you yeah. do that, if you seek, you will find. If you're looking for a way out, you have to associate yourself with people who are trying to get out. You don't yeah, associate with yeah. people who are trying to with crabs with crabs. That'll pull you yeah. back down in the tank. So, yeah. You know, we have, yeah. to, we have to be about the business of, we have to be ready for change. Change is hard mm-hmm. for some of us. It's hard because you're comfortable, even though you live in an uncomfortable situation, it's more comfortable than trying to get out. So we fight mm-hmm. to stay in. You know, we, we have some of our own people will fight you if you stand up and talk to them about the, the, the inhumane treatment that, of the capitalist America, the way it treats our people. And we see it every day. We see it in the feet. They'll stand 20 feet away from you, you know, out of fear. Yeah. That camera might catch you standing next to you or a bomb might drop on you. They don't want to be nowhere near you. Yeah. yeah. So we, 
We have to be about the business of opening up our minds. I have a book out called White Out, small book. You can go to my website and get it, www.noangernoviolence.org. It's called White Out. And I lay out a 10-point plan of how you can start to removing yourself psychologically from the capitalist America, uh, European thinking. And that's what we have to do. There is not going to be any change until we start to thinking African, using our African brain. As long as we're using a European brain, then all we do is become part of a system that's already abusing people all over the planet. You know, mm-hmm. and why should we want to, after the way we were treated, why should we join them in treating other people the same way? And that is exactly what you do. I mean, you know, we had, uh, what was it, P. Diddy who opened a shop in Honduras, was paying a dollar and ten cents a day or something over there to work in a sweatshop making those clothes that they bring back in sale. What did he? What did you learn from that? P. Diddy wow. has learned a master too. Mm-hmm. You know, and people mm-hmm. look at it. Oh, this guy's a rich Mongol. He come from the ghetto, the projects up there. Well, he lost touch. I'm not saying that you have to come back and live in the project, but you certainly ought to want to change the conditions that created mm-hmm. the project. And you don't do that by going to another country and using slave labor to get rich off of people. See, that's what happens. A lot of those guys get up there and they sell their souls. They talk a good game. You know, they talk a good game with that swag and all that stuff down there. But, man, when them, when them, when them big two-carat diamonds, you know, getting getting their ear and, and, and the platinum around their neck and that money in the bank account and that yacht docked up wherever they want to throw a little party and you know and and the thousand dollar bottles of champagne start going around and man that that, that other life is so I'm not mad at them for them for, for them getting out of there just like you said you know getting away from the bullets flying and all that stuff that happens yeah. in 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 impoverished neighborhoods but. If you hate it that much, what are you going to do to change it? What, to what, change it. When you make that kind of money, man, you can make an impact in your community. But what happens with your corporate sponsorships? I mean, you can do you can do those things and not even lose your corporate sponsorships. I mean, if you're humble enough and you come in and you do the right things and you set the right things in place, you can still stay under the radar, you know. Yeah, but 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 I wouldn't be mad at you if you wanted to do like but you know Danny Glover he he jumped into he 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 jumped behind the unions he at least helps fight some of these things that happen in 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 the, in the uh, political uh, 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 scenario where it's important for these for these for these uh, black longshoremen and all and, and all the other uh, black unionized people. To, to keep their strength in numbers, and he supports that type of stuff, you know. So you can, you know, you can, you know, if you want to get all the money, you're going to have to sell your soul, you know, because then all money is good money, and, and it doesn't make any difference where you came from. You, you, you know, you're, you're, you're a lost soul, so to, so to speak, you know, and, you know, it's really unfortunate. Really yeah, unfortunate, and it's not always you know? all about money, you know. P. Diddy could still be a wealthy, rich man by having people here from Brooklyn, from his hometown, to make those same clothes that they sell for those outrageous sure. prices. 
for sure. They want to they want to turn around the same they want thing all the money. to other all people the money. that the Europeans done. They want, yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll and see they're willing that's to getting, sacrifice. That's getting all the money. They're willing to sacrifice people's mm-hmm. lives in mm-hmm. order for them mm-hmm. to be rich. Then you see them out here uh, donating $10 to the Boys and Girls Club of America to cover <laughs> well, well, look yeah. here. Let's, let's put it like it, like it is. If you look at uh, uh, Rockefeller, Carnegie, all these major, major peak corporations uh, in, in New York, these people were some of the major contributors to uh, doing research to try to prove that blacks were not even human. Same Bill time, Gates. they was giving a little money over here in the community. People think, oh, well, we I gave to this. I gave, uh, what is it, the NAACP or yeah. I don't know, or whatever. But spend 50 times as much trying to destroy you. And seeing that is the idea that we have to get into our mind. You know, yeah. they're not giving. If they're giving you something, you better look behind the scene and see there must be something. Uh, there's an attachment mm-hmm. to it because they're not giving you a way out. They're not going to give you a way out. And a brother told me one time, and he said, "There's never been in the history of the world where a dominant culture rose up and gave." the other people that they were dominating the opportunity to, to catch up with them or to be equal. To yeah. Them. And so yeah. we have to understand that, that if we want something, if you want freedom, you've got to take freedom. If you want a job, we've got to create a job. And I don't mean a <clears throat> job where you are just surviving, where you can eat a bowl of top ramen once in a while and maybe a piece of meat once or twice a week. I'm talking about a job where you can take, send your kids to school. You can take your kids to to a decent community, or you can help straighten up the community that you live in so that your kids are safe walking down the street. But as long as you're working for survival, you will never have the impetus to really to forge, uh, you know, forge a different kind of psychology into your community. If you know, T25 mm-hmm. has a golden opportunity here. I mean, it's not going to be easy. And and I don't stretch my mind to think like it's not going to be easy because in order for this to work all across this country and across the world, even to Africa, we are going to have to put some time in, brother, and we're going to have to educate, 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 educate because until people realize their self-worth, they will never accomplish nothing until they realize who they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me say this, Dr. Kwaku. Um, uh, I like using sports as a parody all the time. I'm fanatical with that. Let's look at boxing. If you and I went to the gym and and we were a member of the same gym and we were training partners, we would get in shape together, right? You, you hit the bag and hold it for me. I, I, I hold it for you and vice versa. Then we'd hit the speed bag. Then we'd do our road work together. We'd jump rope. We'd spar a little bit just to get our reflexes together. And everybody's in good shape and everybody's equal. Now, look at the other part of it. Um, and this is, the, this, is the, this is where the European mentality comes in. Well, it's not, it's not good enough that we're both in shape, you know, but now we got to, we, we got to uh, put some money on it now. So now we're going to get in the ring. And do you think 
that either you or I would say, well, look, I want to win the championship. Well, I do too. Well, look, I, I, I'm just going to beat you up just a little bit. I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna try and just pity pat to win the championship. You know, that doesn't happen. So we have to take a box. I mean, we have to take a boxer's mentality, and 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 you know, that's 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 kind of what happens to me as far where I'm where I'm going with this is when you're boxing somebody, uh, or, or or handing them uh the Bible. I hate to I hate to match that up, but you when you hand somebody the book, when you say it says in this book that we're supposed to be peaceful and we're supposed to expand and preach the gospel. And then I come into your country, into your homeland, and I give you this book, and then I run through your village and take everything you have and stuff. That book is a, that book is a, is a, is, is a distraction because it represents me in false, in a, in, in a, in a false pretense. This is me. This is this book that I have. Read this book. You read that book, you go, wow. You know, it talks about loving thy neighbor and not coveting the neighbor's wife and treating the person the same and giving what you have away first. You know, give your last, be a blessing to somebody else. And, yeah, okay, if this, this is the book that you represent, sure, I'm opening my door, open my country. Come on in. Make yourself at home. I, I, I'll turn my back on you. You know, uh, of course. <laughs> what, what, what are all these? Right. What are all these votes? Yeah. Right now, we have a, call, a caller from California. You need to be unmuted. They want to. They want to make a statement. <clears throat> Hello. Oh, well, 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 hi. How are you? Who do we have here? Hello. Can you hear me? Hey. Hi. Yeah. Hey, Barbara. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I was listening to you, gentlemen. It's Barbara from Straight Talk, and I just hey, every. Hi, how are you, Corey? I didn't want to interrupt your flow. I did want to uh, just make a couple of comments. Um, uh, you know, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, when I was living in Los Angeles, I worked for the NAACP, and I got a chance to uh, meet and work uh, with uh, uh, Sean Combs, a puffy Combs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the 100th anniversary of the NAACP, now I don't know his record beyond that, but he threw a million-dollar party for the NAACP and for all the constituents from all over the nation that came to Los Angeles to come together to celebrate the existence of the NAACP and its uh, a wonderful history and contributions to us as black people. He brought the Chirac, and he had the food laid out. And I'd never been to a million-dollar party before. And then, and he even played the, did the DJing, and, you know, there was all celebrities, star-studded. But I found, uh, I found out something. And what I found out is, you know, the analogy that you made about rich people do what rich people do. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the same way. They train each other in their train of thought. Sean Combs was privileged enough to be trained in his train of thought by Donatella Versace. And Donatella is the one that showed him the way on how to make maximum profits on the clothing line. He used Mm -hmm. her and followed through with her uh, way of doing business to be able to get him to make his clothing line as 
successful as it's been and get it into all the doors and get national immediate distribution because that's what you need. You can't be in four Nordstrom's. You got to get immediate distribution to, you know, 3,000 Macy's doors. And, uh, you know, I have to say that I am uh, proud of how he has turned his life around. But I think what came across my desk, Pastor Kwaku, just a couple of days ago, was there was a white young lady coming out of San Diego who is suing her law school. Did you guys see that at all? She, no. she's suing. Yeah, she's suing her law school where she went to a prestigious college. She went to a prestigious law school. She got her law degree. And uh, now she's got to pay back her loans. And guess what? Four years now, she has not been able to be hired or practice law as she was promised. So she is mm. suing the educational facility to say that you promised me that I would have this opportunity and I've done everything you told me just as all of, all of us have done when we send our kids to higher education facilities. And I think it's time that we start thinking like she's thinking. If I come out and I have two um, major degrees, I've gone for five years or six years, and I want to work on my master's and I'm still not gainfully employed or I'm underemployed, then whose responsibility is it? And I think we should really go back to the institution where we got our uh, training. Because if you haven't trained us uh, to work in the workforce, then what is it for? And my last statement um, is Mark Zuckerberg just recently said that. He said that, you know, we are going to have to have more immigrants in our country that are coming over here. Now, he's not talking about Mexicans that are coming through the tunnel. No. Mm -hmm. He's talking about working uh, professionals such as that are coming from China, that are coming from mm -hmm. India, that are coming from Korea. He said because there's no, now listen, he said there's no native-born talent that can work in some of the high-tech industries. Now, this is the same Facebook we all use every day. He said there's no native-born uh, uh, talent to work in the tech industry. So I really want white people that can hear my voice to wake up. Because please, you guys take the lead on this one, but you control this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But anyway, I, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to put that out there, and I just wanted to say congratulations to your format. Congratulations to TG5CL for having the ability to allow us to speak this way. And hopefully from our words and our positivity, we're going to be able to create an inertia that will make some changes. And remember, we're straight talk mm -hmm. Tuesday nights at 7.30. But what do you think about that, Pastor Kwaku? Do you think we should uh, start taking up uh, class action suits against these institutions who are giving us our paperwork and then we're, then we're unhireable? Uh, sounds, me, sounds, I, sounds, sounds kind of like yeah, the prison industrial let me, complex let me, on the other side. Let me, <laughs> let me say this. I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, and, and, you know, I know people in that same situation. In fact, I met a guy, and, and he had graduated from law school, and he couldn't get a job. The only job he could get was as a clerk down there, uh, you know, filing papers for somebody, you know, at, at a little above minimum wage. And, mm -hmm. he, and he was leaving California. He, but, see, here's what they don't tell. Here's the big thing. Unless you go to Stanford, you know, uh, Yale, Harvard, MIT, some of these major schools like that, and graduate in the top ten, 
the top ten of those people coming out will go right in big paying jobs. The rest of those people may or may not job. That is the reality. But they don't tell those people that when they're going in there. And, it, you know, with all the people who are going, there's a very good chance you're not going to be at the top 10. You know? Mm-mm. Not with 20,000 students. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so they don't tell people that. So I think we should take it back. Uh, uh, I, there's a lot I, of I, also- that, Now, let me, let me tell you this. Uh, we have uh, a family member who's actually uh, played soccer all her life. I uh, want to just give a shout-out to Ariana Reland, who is now at Jackson, Jackson State. Now, she left here with a 4.8 out of high school. When she got to Jackson State, she went on a full ride for soccer. And now she is the number one female with the highest GPA in all of Jackson State down in Mississippi. So, you know, I, I don't know that we're telling our young people the right numbers. You know, that I think that's a real conversation we have to have with them is, you know, where are you in retrospect to your class and how are you competing? I really think that is our next uh, strategy. That is, that, that is the next thing. If, you, if your kids are going to go for traditional education, you're going to have to figure out a way to be in the top, the top group. And some schools, it's the top five. You take like somebody who comes out of Harvard Law School and the top ten, they're guaranteed to walk into a law firm as a partner. So they're going to make money. You take somebody who comes out of MIT in the top ten, those people are mathematicians and scientists. These people are guaranteed their life is, is made. But what about all those C students or those C-plus students or people who just mm-hmm. graduate with a bachelor or just graduate with a doctorate degree? They're going to be walking around doing jobs that people who don't have any education, they're going to be, because I remember when, when the job market really went south, they were bragging over at McDonald's about all these people that they had now who was uh, had college degrees who was over there flipping burgers. So mm. people, people yeah. need to understand, when you go to school, you better make sure that you specialize in the right field, a field where you can di- dictate what your outcomes are going to be. Because if you think you're going to go and just graduate from some college and walk out and get a job making one hundred fifty dollars or $200,000 a year, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. And so, yeah, I agree. We should, it should be that way. If I go to your school and I graduate as a lawyer and I come out and the best job I can get as a clerk, you know, there's something, something wrong with that. And so, but see, this is a part of the whole you know, Eurocentric scheme where, remember we were talking about the International Jew, the book written by uh, Henry Ford, how Mm -hmm. they're going to manipulate the process so that it would give the illusion of, of, of rise, of people rising up. But at the same time, no matter what they make it, even if they are uh, raised up the so-called middle class that used to be, uh, and the reason there's so much anxiety in the country now is those people that used to be able to buy a home and take vacation and send their kids off to camp, they can't do it anymore because it's costing them three times as much to live. You know, one of the things when when you're going to get some, you know, if you're going to get some credit or something, they'll look at you, have somebody do a credit evaluation, and they'll say, well, look here, 
nobody should be spending more than 35% or 40% for their housing. Most people are spending half of their paycheck and more just to have a roof over their head. So we have to start mm-hmm. looking at these things in terms of, you know, no matter what you got, you got to look at what you're going to have to pay for. And that's why we have to plan our futures. You know, uh, a guy was telling me, he said, well, you should, we should be looking five or ten years down the road because what's things going to look like five or ten years from now? You know, you can't live off of the same money in 2016 when it gets to 2026 because it's going to be a whole different ballgame. I just noticed, and I don't know whether you guys have noticed it or not, and I was telling my son as we were driving down the street, gas has went up 40 to 50 cents in the last two weeks. Not because there's been any fire, not because there's been no slowdown in, in processing oil and getting it shipped here, because they know that we are going to be driving more when the weather goods. We're going to want to go to road trips. They're going to want to go out to parks. So they charge mm-hmm. you that much more for gas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and, you, know, and, and you know, excuse me, gentlemen, but, you know, and because I just need to say this, and because we're not looking. We're you not know, looking. a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're right. distracted. Yeah, a lot of stuff is going on and happening to us right in plain sight because we're not looking and we're not conscious enough to uh, put this to our politicians. Most of our issues are unable to be put in policies that can directly affect us genuinely. And that's the problem when we take it to the political level is because there's nobody that wants to hear what we have to say because they've already heard it and we have not, our great thinkers have not been able to package it in a way that can create policies that will best suit us. And that's the problem. So we're going to have to put ourselves in a position where we can come under our own government, and we're going to have to get those people who say nay, who the naysayers are, who the negative people are, who the because there's always four or five that pop up that want to talk about how blacks don't need this and need that, and those are the ones we need to get. Make them hush and take a seat. Yeah, we and that's why I say you know it, it it's useless to keep chasing our own tail like a dog. We have got to create our own situation, and 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 we can do it. It's not like we can't do it. We do it for them, because what do you think keeps their market going? Us paying those high prices, those big jacket prices, everything we use every day. Remember, I was telling you about this. They said we will even give them raises and give them the illusion that they are making progress, but we will raise the price on everything that they have to consume. Here's one of the biggest capitalistic things in regards to what you guys just hit on that they're doing. I saw, I saw a great debate uh, between uh, the, uh, uh, it was a, a congresswoman, a white lady, brown hair, and Bernie Sanders, this was, this was back at the beginning uh, of this uh, campaign. And she was a Republican, and she kept talking about keeping the tax breaks, no taxes for the, for the really elite people. And she was talking about, oh, but they're, see, they're, they're creating jobs. That's why they're getting the tax breaks, because that way they can create jobs. But, see, what the deal is, see, you go to Walmart, you go to Target, None of those people are full-time. Everybody that works at Target has a job at Walmart. Everybody that works at Walmart 
has a job at Target. Those people, so the illusion is, okay, between the two jobs, you, you know, you're working just enough under. So not only that, not only is Walmart and Target not paying the taxes, but they're not paying the health care because you're not full time. You work just up within maybe five hours of, of qualifying to be a full-time employee, so you have two jobs that instead of 40 hours a week, you have two jobs where you're working 25 hours a week combined is 50 hours a week, but you're commuting from one place to another, so you're really tied up 10, 12 hours a day, and, and, then, and then the combined salaries are still less than adequate. But what it does is it allows you, if you have another person under the roof with you, between the two of you, you know, this mortgage thing, they'll qualify you when you really didn't qualify in the first place. So now you've, you've got the illusion of having a house until they come get it from you. You've got an illusion of having a car until they repossess it. You're one sick person in a paycheck away from the whole family being out in the street, and you go a whole lifetime fighting like a hamster in that treadmill to keep that thing going, and you're running in place until one disaster throws you completely out of kilter, and then all those things you work for get taken away from you. Uh, Brother Corey, you know, I, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, you're absolutely right about that. And with the illusion, if I might just piggyback on that, this is uh, Brother uh, Barbara speaking with uh, Straight Talk. Uh, if uh, mm-hmm. I just can say, um, you know, they told us that stated loans, you know, all you people out there in uh, the crunch of 2008 uh, to 11 that had those stated loans, well, those people didn't really – deserve uh, the loan in the beginning. I mean, this was the way off to us. But what they didn't realize and what we as a people didn't stand up for, which makes me sick to my stomach, we didn't stand up for the fact that a stated loan is a small business owner. A stated loan is a pastor that's pastoring a church. A stated loan is a hairdresser. A stated loan is somebody that files a 1099. And those are the people that work as independent contractors that can mm-hmm. move about through the system because of the hustlers of the system. And those are the ones without the W-2. See, so, so a non-stated loan gives you your right to your home through your tax returns and your W-2s, meaning you have a gainful job. Uh, mm-hmm. Your 1099 means that you contract yourself out for your experience, for your forethought, and for your skills uh, to mm-hmm. other companies, and then therefore mm-hmm. you are paid for that. So it, 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 it kills that person who has the mastermind to really throw this whole ruse off track. And that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to put us in a position so we could no longer work for ourselves. And now we have to we have to find somebody in the household with a W two and come under the fifty hour week law, so that, like you said, with the two part times to make a full time, and then one more person in the house with a paycheck, so that we don't have time mm-hmm. to protest and be conscious. That's exactly what hey, you don't have you don't have no time for anything. Yep, you just work until your time is up. You know, yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the purpose. And I wish, I hope that all of you guys, and I, I encourage everybody to read this book called The International Jew. 
and Henry mm-hmm. Ford lays it out plain as day, and you you can sit back and see it unfolding right in front of you, just like you walk down the street. I guarantee you tomorrow gas will be 20, 20 cents higher than it is today. No reason, except they know people drive more when the weather is good. You know, mm-hmm. so you're never, ever going to get ahead when, say, you work in a job and you make it 50000 a year. But everything, and, and they give you a raise to 60000 a year. But everything that you have to use goes up another fifteen, twenty. Health care, you know, whatever, anything that you have to buy goes up another fifteen, twenty, thirty percent. It's like you're still at fifty thousand a year. That is the whole objective of the way capitalism, the way the system works, is to keep people working and keep giving them just enough to feed the what do you call it, feeding the pig. You you yeah. make just enough to feed the pig. You don't ever make enough to become independent. So to yeah. me, that is the same thing as sharecropping was in the forties and where yeah. when the slaves, <laughs> the slave master, the slave master say you can stay here, but and at the end of the year, uh, we make enough money and you can save a little money. But every year, when the crops come in, the slave master came down to the quarters and said. We didn't do as well as we thought we were, so I can't give you nothing this year, but you're welcome to stay on here. And people stayed and lived their whole lives after oh, that's right. and, and that's what we're doing now. It's no different. It's no different. And we have to educate people to get them to understand that. Sure, you're going to have a few people that are going to trickle up through the, uh, the, the this maze, but the majority, the masses of the people, uh, their entire lives, are going to be live feeding this pig. And uh, you're listening to Soul Vibrations. This is your co-host, Dr. Reverend Dr. Ninata Kwaku of Family Solutions, Inc. You can go to my website and get my books, www.noangernoviolence.org. And my brother, uh, co-host, uh, Corey Jeffries from the Jeffries Peace Project, and, and my sister, Barbara McGee from State Talk, the High Brush. Hey, we're working at you tonight. Please call in. We want to hear your opinions. We want to hear what you think. We, if you disagree with us, fine. Let's talk about it. We want to open up the dialogue so we can start to communicate with each other and challenge each other, and, and, and that will force us to go and do more research and, 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 and try to figure a way out of this maze. We're not going to get out of there working for the man. We certainly are not. Amen to that. We certainly are not. So we will also encourage you, again, to visit uh, the website at T25. That's www.t25cl.com. Learn about us, how to get in contact with us. Check out United We Stand, which will be, which we hope to have out uh, sometime in the summer. Uh, it's going through its editing stages now, but we expect uh, the the brand to grow tenfold after we get this this movie out. It, it talks about everything that's happening in Africa from a social political structure, as far as uh, uh, famine, health and wellness. You know everything that goes into our very existence with our ancestry uh, uh, in those African nations, and they bring it all together through the one common thing that we all share, which is music, music in Senegal, Nigeria, uh, uh, Cameroon, all the wonderful 
cultures that make up that great eclectic mix of that continent that we call Africa has been encaptured in, in, in this wonderful movie, United We Stand. There's B footage after each, uh, after each country shares their music. They also share a B footage of what the story is in their country and how, uh, you can, can you, you you can help their situation. Um, again, there's a big political thing that's happening there. That's just the same as what's happening to the African American people over here. You know, we, we have famine and AIDS, and, and and that's the that's the test ground for all the biological things that are put in place to depopulize our great nation that we call Black people, our great nation that we call African people. We have a caller from Southeast Ohio. Let's see. Let's see if. Uh, hello, Ohio. Are you there? Hello. 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 Who am I speaking to? Speaking to James. What's well, up, hello, James? Young man? Hey, you know That's who that is. is. You know who that is. Huh? That's my son. My oldest son. Oh, okay, okay, James. How you doing? Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the uh, to Soul Vibrations. Pleasure meeting you for my first time, brother. Pleasure meeting. How you doing? Okay, Pleasure meeting okay. you too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah we, are y'all into the book uh, Dark Money by Jane Mayer? I haven't read it. I'm reading so many books that I have three or four books that I'm reading now. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's it's about it's about the way the people here, like the people uh-huh. with the money, they mm-hmm. make things happen here. Like okay. they really okay. they really went against Obama and everything. Like they really just they didn't want him to do nothing. Uh, they hated wow. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you need to look. You need to look up that. That. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of books out that speak to that same issue. You know, like, I, you know, if you haven't read The International Jew, uh, then you would know why we're in the condition that we're in. Uh, uh, the the reality is, is that, are you still there, Barbara? Huh? Uh, yeah, Who, I was Barbara? Like, yeah, Barbara. The reality is gone. that mm-hmm. as long as we participate in somebody else's system, we are always going to be working for somebody else. We have to create our own system. That is the only way out. You know, uh, you got the Asians who come here, you got the Mexicans who come here, you got the Arabs who come here, and they all they establish their banks, they have their own health centers, they have their own doctors, they have everything. You know, I was down in a, a Chinatown the other day. You could see a doctor for $10. You understand what right. I said? Yeah. So this is how they make money and keep money. We go to the doctor and it's five hundred dollars. You can take your dog to the doctor and one of these bets and it's three or four hundred dollars. You know, everything yeah. they do, the the capitalist system, the way it's designed, it's designed to extract money out of your pocket. So the only way to right. do that is you have to create your own system. And that's what this thing is all about, man. Uh, this is T25CL. We're coming up to almost wrap-up time here. Uh, this is yeah, but they give them the money. They give them the money. They let them, they let them do, do whatever they want to for a year. 
They give them free taxes for a year. We ain't never got free taxes. Well, never. no, they get they get more they get more free time than that because the brother told me that they didn't have to pay no taxes for like the first seven years if they came here and opened up a business in a, a so called ghetto area. And so what? They, and, and then and they show you how money on us. Yeah, and to show you how slick they are, you know what they do? They worked in business for seven years, and then they let their brother go in there and take over and run it. So he right. worked another seven years. These guys are slick, <laughs> but you slick in order to get around capitalism. It's capitalism a game. Is, is, is a, a dangerous game. I tell people all the time, yeah. the real gangsters ain't, ain't on the corner selling dope behind yeah. the street. Nah. The no, they got that pen and paper. paper. The real gangsters no, are they're not. Their the guys in the city, mm-hmm. and, I, and I stated before, these guys make $172,000 a year. Yeah. And they, and the same They're guys voted, they voted against paying the average John Doe $10.40 an hour. And, and yet they yeah. get to vote on their raises, too. They vote their own raises. Yeah, they vote for their own raises. I mean, what kind of system yeah. is that? You know. <laughs> so, man, hey. That's absolutely I, and, crazy. We, we, we we have to wake up and and, and, and and start dealing with these people just like what they are. They're slave masters, and they're still they, – this is just modern-day slavery. They're yeah, being, but they're doing it in the music industry, too. Well, they do it oh, everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's they the control – Yeah, they're doing they it in the music industry, sports, too. Sports, music, yeah. uh, uh, Hollywood, that's all owned by the – Yeah, but the music, I mean, because these, these radio stations, they be promoting – Safe this, safe that, safe that, but they keep playing stuff that don't promote safe nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, we'll, whole, we'll, the we'll, whole thing we'll, of it we'll, is, so here's what you got to understand. Even when a football player, you might you look on the news and say, oh, John signed a, a contract for four years for $120 million. Right. John ain't going to never see no $120 million. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he sure ain't going to see that guarantee. He saw it on paper. <laughs> he not. He yeah. saw, he saw it on not. paper. That's, that action going to fall they, on you know him long before they, he they, gets to that. They, they treat those guys the same way that Motown yeah. treated all those singers during the 60s. Yeah, these yeah. guys, when they, yeah. they thought they was making money, and then when they went in there, they found out they owed Motown money. Yeah, they'll pull up in your Cadillac wrapped in a ribbon like Don King used to do for his boxes. he pull up and you got your new Bentley out there and everything and just 40000 in your pocket. Don't worry about it. I got it all. Just go out and have a good time. Don't no, they just figured give money you something around. that he ain't never had before. Exactly. That's all they did. And, and then you find out just everybody give something he ain't never had before. Yeah, and you find out everybody else is, 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 who who's a champion is making five and six million, and he got you to sign sign over to him for six years. I mean, they still five hundred thousand, but I mean, they just didn't give him nothing. They just give him what they never had before. But they still warriors. At five hundred thousand dollars, you the champ, and you find out all the rest of the champs is getting four and four and five million, and you only getting five. Right. You ain't never had ten thousand dollars in your pocket. Yeah. Right. But, but that's right. not to count. Right. You got to pay. You got to pay all them people that you got hanging around too. I was checking out all these stuff, and when he got, uh, you know, when he went to the bank after he got that money, he said by the time he paid everybody that was, was trailblazing him, he didn't have a whole lot of money left. So he had to turn around right. and fight another fight so he could get some money in his pocket. And what he started doing was they started eliminating that, that crowd that they carried with them. You mm-hmm. know? MC Hammer. That's another story right there, though. 
That's a whole another story. Yeah, yeah, and the music. Yeah. MC Hammer used to travel yeah. with forty no. or fifty people, forty or fifty people in his entourage, and MC Hammer used to travel. Yeah, so I, mean, I, was, I was, The people in the music business, the people in the sport, uh, I always classify them as the uh, modern day Rome uh, uh, battle. You know, I used to put the gladiators in the in the in the in the pens in Rome, and they fight mm-hmm. each other. Well, mm-hmm. this is the only thing. This is the same thing that they're doing with football players and everybody else who gets into But when we was in Oakland, though, we was looking for short, too short. We weren't looking for a hammer. We were mm-hmm. looking for too short. You know oh. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Hammer, he look, was all right. You know what I'm saying? Hammer was look cool. At, look, but... look, at, look, at, look at your boy. He's supposed to make 200 and some million dollars. Uh, what's the boy that... Uh, there was the one, the rapper that was shot nine times. It was, it was always oh, bragging 50, about 50, 50 Cent. Yeah, he just yeah. filed chapter 13. 50 Cent in, in bankruptcy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After yeah. the vitamin yeah. water thing, he sold vitamin water for like $200 million or something, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. How, well, well, yeah, but he, he's being goofy right Floyd. now, though. Like, he's going really goofy right trying now. Trying to keep up, trying to keep up with Floyd Mayweather. There's another one, man. Hey. That dude, yeah, that, dude worship, that dude worships, worships money with every dime. He worships money hey, with every. Hey, hey co-host, we got to wrap this yes, thing sir. up, and it's after nine o'clock. We got to go. This is c25cl. Uh, dot com. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners. Website. This is c25cl Entertainment. This is Soul Vibrations. We come to you every Thursday evening at ten thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank all of my guests. Thank. Josh, thank you, uh, James. Thank you, Barbara, and thank you, Brother Corey. And uh, you know, if you got if you got something you want to say in the last minute, let's everybody wrap up, and we got to get out of here. Okay, okay. okay. Is that it? Okay, That's we're it. all gone. Thank you, everybody. Visit us again at our website www.t25cl.com. This has been Soul Vibrations. We'll see you later.